4: Go to NorCalGunVault.com, NorCalGunVault.com. Things are getting serious, people. Labor Day weekend coming up. I just kind of feel like that's the kickoff of the serious season. That's right. Frivolity's over. None of this foolishness. This pleasure-seeking. Exactly.
5: Time to get down to work, George. Buckle down. School. Jobs. Who is the old man from uh, It's a Wonderful Life? What was that character's name? I used to do a really good hymn, but you know what? Nobody wants to hear it. (laughs) No, no, no. There's not a lot of money in it. (laughs) Certainly not. Please welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show, thinker, commentator, TV host, now Facebook show host, among other things, uh, also philanthropist, Mike Rowe. Hello, Mike. How are you, sir? I believe
0: we're talking <laughs> about old man Potter.
5: Old man Potter. That's right. Not to be confused with
0: Harry Potter, which is a... No. Radically completely... different. No lightning bolts. Or no
5: Colonel magic. Potter, for that matter. So Sean has on the screen, the screener screen who I see who's on the phone, Mike Rowe, celebrity very nice sean idiot (laughs) facebook show i didn't even know
4: facebook had shows i'm confused now
5: (laughs) yeah it's crazy tell us about the project we got an email about returning the favor which is the name of it that said the first episode made them cry so we can only assume that it's a very very sad show
0: well it's the feel-good hit of the summer guys and Mm. um you know as you were mentioning as we transition from uh, the summer months into the winter months our emotions have to change with us so we go from Light-hearted laughter to deep, ugly sobbing. I going sure to help usher that in.
5: Wow, <laughs> sounds
0: good. <laughs> so, no, actually, you know what? It's, um, <laughs> this whole thing was so odd. Uh, Facebook, um, you know, for years has said, you know, we're not, we're not a content company, we're not a media company, and now they're a content company and a media company.
3: <laughs> so <laughs> there, there
4: are Facebook shows, and you're the first one.
0: It's coming. It's. Ha- I mean, it's as we speak. The official launches today, but we launched the show sort of quietly 48 hours ago, and I'm just looking at it now. And um, yeah, I'm going to brag: uh, three and a half million views. So, wow. you well, know, so
4: I that that's we, the same as so you had three and a half million viewers, which is a hit show.
0: Honestly, today, you know, the pie's the same size, but the slices are so skinny that everybody in cable is just chasing their tails i mean it's it's unbelievable the way the eyeballs have shifted and it's not just about this show versus that show it's really about the screen you know where are you watching whatever it is you like so i think you know facebook just looked around and said you know what we have two billion viewers already why don't we why don't we put our toe in this part of the pond well you've had a
4: lot of tv shows three million would be a big number for any tv show on cable right
0: Smash it. Yeah. Yeah. Smash it. That's something. Look, if I got if I got two million on dirty jobs five years ago, they sent flowers and we had a small parade. You wow. know, it was it was the thing. My mother wrote me a letter that I read on my kitchen table a few months ago that's been viewed 72 million times.
5: Dear Mike, why do you never call? That's exactly it. <laughs> and I 72 read
0: million and boom, times. Now I get letters from, you know, Bangladesh. <laughs> And so it's a totally different world, and content is evolving with it. And Facebook said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I don't know about a show, but what if our basic mission was to not make people throw up in their mouths as a result of going on their newsfeed or turning on cable? You know, what if we worked under the assumption that not everybody sucks and that we can send a crew to find anonymous people in small towns doing decent things uh, and then reward them? In some sort of network predictable way, but take the pee out of it a little bit, you know, and make the whole project the making of a feel-good show. Mm. And they said, "Yeah, okay, let's try that." And so um, that's what we did. And we've—I've been shooting it now for the last three months, and it's a kick.
4: You're in search of remarkable pe- people making a difference in their communities. Well, good timing for that because I think a lot of a lot of people are commenting on what they're seeing you know, in the Texas area with the Cajun Navy and, and and people helping each other and being reminded, oh, yeah, there's a lot of normal people who act that way. We just don't ever uh, discuss it in the modern cable news world.
5: Well, and the fact that we would need to have our, you know, our, 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 our feelings about that topic. I'm sorry, the sentence was a train wreck. The fact that our perception <laughs> has been so misformed by the media we take in that we need to be reminded of Humanity and what it is, even though humanity surrounds us, I, to me that's just a measure of how how you know pernicious an influence a lot of media is.
0: well, this is basic stuff' right? that's a much I mean, better it's human nature if you the more of a thing you see, the more you'll naturally assume that thing is, sure. you know, when there was an earthquake in California, you know years ago, that Northridge thing, they kept showing the same footage of the pancake uh, parking garage. And, you know, after a week of it, my grandmother was like, so the whole state's gone, right? It all just slid into the water, right? I'm like, no, that's just, you know, one little thing over here. Today, look, if you see see white racists protesting with their tiki torches enough, and over here you see the people in the black masks doing crazy things enough, you'll logically eventually assume that the entire country is made up of idiots with tiki torches and masks marching around raising hell they're there but they're tiny it's just tiny and we're completely lopsided with regard to any understanding of the scale of a thing i'm looking at the tv now we'll see this in the wake of um harvey we'll see all kinds of people coming down to remind us that in fact The DNA pool hasn't completely crapped the bed, and there's a lot of decency out there. But we don't see it steadily. And I've never in my life seen the exponential impact of fear and loathing in my news feed combined with fear and loathing on the TV uh, in such a way that's made the country feel bad. And it's a shame, and it's not necessary.
4: You uh, like the expression, crapped the bed. Um. So
0: we're Take talking. It. We're, with it. It's yours. We're talking a with gift to you.
1: <laughs> to make that up. That's cool. we're yeah. talking
4: with Mike Rowe, and uh, I saw you on Tucker Carlson the other night, and you guys were talking about how you work really hard to be non political because once you end up, you know, being labeled as one side or the other, you're going to lose so much opportunity to do stuff you want to do. But I think I, I'm assuming since you just did, you can talk about the, the just the awful influence of the the surrounding media we've got on us. Joe and I were talking about this yesterday. If you see the worst of humanity in your face every single day it starts to wear on you it starts to wear on your soul you start to get so negative
0: well look i mean it's like anything i mean i watch enough porn and pretty soon something's wrong you're going to start thinking you know in a certain way watch enough crime drama watch enough cartoons and pretty soon you're going to see the world through an animated lens it's Again, it's it's really basic and I I'm not afraid to talk about politics. You guys know that. We've got sure. into it more than once. What I'm afraid of, and this is going to sound like angry neighbor yelling at the kids to get off the lawn, but I'm I'm just worried about how bad the arguments have become and how rhetorically bereft we are in terms of making a persuasive case. Every single channel right now the veins are bulging and the spittle is flying and people are essentially making a case that because you didn't denounce a thing, you are therefore ergo complicit in condoning the thing. And each side's guilty, guys. You know it, man. Oh, of course, oh yeah,
4: absolutely, of course.
0: It, it's, that, that knucklehead in Missouri who basically called for Trump's assassination, well, it, I mean, just because you don't immediately condemn her doesn't mean you're with her and just because you don't immediately condemn the self-evident craziness in charlottesville doesn't mean you endorse it and just because you don't come out in the wake of harvey and say that was terrible doesn't mean you're pro-flood it's it's we've got ourselves into a rhetorical corner And we're not going to talk ourselves out of it until we take a deep breath and go to our uh, safe space for a little bit.
4: I don't understand how the same man who uses the phrase crap the bed uses the word bereft. That just seems I'm so wrapped, weird to
0: me. I'm, I'm wrapped in mystery, John.
5: Yeah. you're oh, an right. enigma. He's many-faceted. The many-faceted Mike Rowe, his new project, is returning the favor. It's uh, according to 100% of uh, the folks who have corresponded with us about it, because they know we're fans of yours, They say they absolutely love it. Mike, if you can hang on for a couple minutes, uh, a little more chat about the current state of uh, politics, media, et cetera.
0: I have nowhere to go and nothing to
5: do. Wow, perfect. That's the perfect guest for us. Mike Rowe? That
4: is the way to live your life, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
5: It's good work if you can get it.
4: Making the world a better place while at the same time I got nowhere to go and nowhere, nothing I have to do.
5: Well, maybe I'll go find an inspiring story or two and offer them up to people, and then I'll take a nap.
4: <laughs> awesome. My bed is bereft of crap. I've combined both things. Nice. Stay tuned. You're well listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. We're talking with celebrity Mike Rowe, who's got a new Facebook show. I didn't even know there were Facebook shows. Well, there there weren't until, like, yesterday. Uh, That's a new thing. And he's got a cool show. Returning the favor, a way to introduce
5: America to regular people who
4: are doing something decent
5: and do something nice for them in return. Sounds like a great project, Mike Rowe. Mike, uh, thanks for hanging around. We appreciate
0: it. Man, you guys know how to take a break. I'll tell you that.
5: Well, we're, we tire easily. <laughs> I
0: built a treehouse, changed the oil, got a nap.
5: Oh, hey, thanks for that. Thanks for nice. that. So listen, the whole Facebook show thing, it makes perfect sense to me. I mean, I'm not a- very active on Facebook for reasons of privacy to protect my kids and all, because sure. Mark Zuckerberg's so amazing at connecting the dots. But uh, I watched my wife go through it. And I mean, granted, yeah, you want to see how Cousin Lulu uh, enjoyed her, her vacation in Hawaii. <laughs> but a huge amount of Facebook is... Show me something interesting. Give me yep. something interesting, and people are there all the freaking time. So it makes oh. sense that yeah, and and your show's gotten millions of hits already, and and there was no big rollout or announcement, was there?
0: No, no. They're they're going to come out with some mechanism called Watch, which is going to aggregate all these things. But the truth is, it, it's it's going. I think it's going to be socialized just like any other post. You can go to the returning the favor page and watch the first two episodes. I mean, it's about as simple as it can be. Mm. So, you know, those guys do have a long plan. I don't know what it is exactly, but from my perspective, I got five million friends. I try and say something quasi-interesting every day. So they just came and said, look, if this is what you're doing, both through your foundation and carrying on the old uh, Dirty Jobs DNA, let's just put a show around it. And, I, you know, that was really it. Right. It's just, a, it's just another attempt to shine the light on towns you didn't know existed, to find people you didn't know were around doing things you didn't really know people did. Um, It works, and I think right now it's for sale like never before.
5: So speaking of the Facebook page, one of the things you do that I enjoy the most and a lot of people enjoy the most is when you administer a well-deserved and eloquent verbal spanking to some moron. And I was reading uh, one of uh, the recent spankings. Um, in which you you made it clear what we talked about at the outset, which is you got to be really careful about being political these days, and and it's a lot more than um, you know not wanting to offend one side or the other. It's the fever pitch and the level of anger.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and it's also guilt by association. You know, the guy you're talking about came to my page and and called me some names. Well, big deal. I couldn't care less. In fact, I I take it as a kind of a, a twisted compliment, but. What's happening today, he basically came and said, here's the thing, Mike, Um, white supremacists are of the belief that anybody who goes to college is an intellectual. And Republicans are promoting this idea of anti-intellectualism. So they they share some real estate on the Venn diagram with respect to their contempt for higher education. Your foundation is supported by those people. So it's a very (laughs) therefore way of saying you are – the people who love you most, Mike, um, are white nationalists.
4: Airtight logic.
0: Yeah. And so I'm like, hold on a minute. Call me what you want. But the five million people who come to this page and support my foundation um, are – it's a very bipartisan proposition. And I disagree with them all the time. And I know this because they tell me so. They're not. <laughs> They're not white supremacists. So we, we just went down the long, endless rabbit hole of logical fallacies, and I tried to remember everything I learned in my fancy rhetorical class years ago. And the crazy thing is, you know, a 2,000-word post isn't supposed to work, but that thing reached 9 million people. Wow, 9 million people. And, guys, I'm telling you, part of the reason is because Twitter sucks up so much bandwidth in terms of, hey, i got 140 characters, You know, here's a cat video, here's my casserole, here's what I hate. People, I think, are actually kind of starving for something that at least looks like intelligent discourse. Mm. And so stuff gets shared that isn't supposed to be shared, and I think that's part of why the whole content thing is evolving over there on social.
5: Oh, intelligent discourse! We got to rethink the show.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: We've been talking lately about how uh, the 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 worst five percent on both ends of the political spectrum are controlling all the dialogue, and yeah. so you're going out into the country to find the other ninety percent. But do you have any hope for the ninety percent of us taking back over?
0: Yeah, I do. I think I think that obviously there are problems, and I don't want to say anything that starts with obviously because everybody knows. <laughs> I mean, I don't <laughs> I don't want to restate all that. But I do believe that things were as bad 2,000 years ago as they are now. Probably worse. Um, we just have a front row seat to all the trouble in the world. You know, if you have a cell phone or a smartphone, it's it's not a smartphone. It's a it's a network. You can go live and you can point that thing at all the ugliness you can find, and out it goes. We're just looking. we're we're not being forced to look at it. You know we're choosing to go online. We're choosing to turn cable on. But for whatever reason, um, you know if it leads, it bleeds, that's old news. If it's on fire, we're going to see it first. And so we just have more and better access in vivid HD to all this this parade of horribles that's always been with us. So I just think every now and then somebody ought to come along, and historically they have, George Plimpton, Studs Terkel, Paul Harvey, uh, Walter Cronkite, and tap the country on the shoulder and say, hey, don't forget this, and point the camera at something that doesn't make you throw up in your mouth. You
5: know, I'm trying to find the right metaphor. It's almost as if we no longer have eyelids. There's no <laughs> no way to block out some yeah. of the visual and auditory information we're supposed to. We're not meant to see Every horror that occurs among seven point something billion people, uh, to your point. Uh, Micro is on the line. The new project on Facebook is returning the favor. A uh, lighter note, if I may. How often, how many come ons from men, women, and others do you get online? How deep is the ocean?
0: Offers of marriage, love, et cetera.
4: How deep is the ocean? How How deep is is your love? So you're unmarried, correct?
0: Uh, Same girl for a long time, unmarried, yeah. Yeah. Again, it's but taken, very unmarried, you know, but I, taken. Okay. I live in San Francisco. Um, I got my start in the opera. Um, nobody can reconcile that with the fact that I've crawled through sewers for the last 15 years. But I'm, you know, I'm. I love my life. I'm having an absolute blast. I'm 55, and Facebook just tossed me the keys to the content vault and said, "What do you want to do?" I got it. D- Honestly, check this thing out. I think you'll love it. We found a 14-year-old homeless kid in Albuquerque who wanted to be clean, so he started making soap. He learned how to make soap. Now he's giving soap to all the homeless shelters in Albuquerque. I get a, Somebody tells me about this. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. So Facebook says, yeah, go. Take your cameras. See what the deal is. So we go, and we build the kid a store, and now he's making soap full-time with his mom. And so... It all happens in the course of 15 minutes, but I'm telling you, without sounding like Mary Poppins, there's something decent about seeing this kid doing the thing that really everybody kind of wants their kids to do in terms of work ethic, initiative, ambition. He's doing it out of subsidized housing, and it's working. So we're trying to make a very modest case for all that crap you heard growing up. That was the secret to success. Wow. People are still doing
5: it. We need a dose of that. It's called Returning the Favorites on Facebook, Micro. Mike, Mike, it's always fun. Thanks a million.
0: Hey, I'm not leaving. I'm gonna be around for the next couple of segments as well. So <laughs> Fantastic. Well,
5: uh, get comfortable. We got another no, break way to go. you can, nothing to do. You can do right? traffic, you can do weather. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, go
3: away.
4: So, uh, he's an optimist. I, I don't know if I'm an optimist or a pessimist. I'm an optimist in my own life. I always think everything's going to be fine for me. But I am a mm-hmm. pessimist for, 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 like, the nation and humanity. So maybe yeah. I'm, I don't know which I am. Maybe I'm overall a pessimist. But it's possible that we're just not designed as human beings to control our urge to try to seek out the negative. And that, and then that, you know, destroys our uh, outlook on life. It's right. possible we just can't control that as a species. Right. I, I would The agree, reason but... we didn't do all this years ago is because
5: we couldn't. Right. Well, and I, I think the effects could be awful. They already are pretty awful. But I also, you know, as a, a fan of the free market and a student of history and, and even, you know, what I know about science is, you know, if there's a force... Um, It always causes a countervailing force somehow. I mean, the the market of and it's not a a financial market, but the, the market of happiness, the market of people with a sense of their own souls will will start to say, wow, the market is flooded with negativity and horror. And it took me a while to realize it. But now I have this feeling of dread all the time, and I finally nailed down where it's coming from. And that notion that, okay, exposing ourselves constantly to this sort of thing is incredibly unhealthy. We need to not do that. Uh, I think that awareness will grow and grow and grow and be that countervailing force. I hope so, anyway. Now, a certain percentage of the population will continue to uh, descend into a vortex of ugliness.
4: Yeah, a friend of mine, uh, his hipster son, who's like 20, uh, doesn't have a smartphone. And he said him and, him and his hipster friends don't they they abandoned them. Wow. So I don't know if that's a thing or if they're just a tiny minor group of that or whatever. It's, it's kind of hard for me to imagine young people. But it's, it's possible that they decided, you know, this is making me not more happy. This right. is making me less happy.
5: Well, yeah, but, you know, in the marketplace of ideas, they, you know, all their uh, cell phone toting friends will say, why? And they'll explain why. And those friends might not ditch their phones, but they'll think, "Huh?" then it may spread. I hope it does. Good
4: I don't think word. it will. We're oh. doomed as a, as a species. Well, okay, that's your uh, yeah. your prediction. We don't of have. The, I've been saying that forever. We don't have the ability to control our urges for negative, and we uh, and now we have access to it.
5: Right. Oh. Exactly. We had a good run,
4: though. Yes, we Look did. Look at what we've <laughs> achieved as
5: a species. Yes. Now,
4: ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back. The dinosaur.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What's coming up your news, Marshall Phillips? Harvey, the most expensive natural disaster in U.S. history. We've got the numbers coming in. President Trump...
4: Not adjusted for inflation. I hate to always throw that in, but...
2: President Trump stumping for tax reform as only he can, and possibly one of the stupidest research projects ever proves that beards can save your life. Coming up, moments from now, Armstrong and Gibby.
4: I'm glad you labeled that as one of the stupidest research projects ever ahead of time.
5: Certainly if you're confronted by a man who says, I'll kill you if you don't have a beard, a beard could save your life. Other Other than that,
4: hard to imagine. (laughs) Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
5: I think it was Paul McCartney who penned the line. Oh, that magic feeling. Nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. That's Mike Rowe. If you just missed him, damn you. Well, you could go check out the podcast.
2: <laughs> uh, let's get the news now Marsh Marshall Phillips. Well, Hurricane Harvey could prove to be the most expensive natural disaster in U.S. history. Early estimates of the flood damages in Texas exceed $160 billion.
4: Not adjusted for inflation. I mean...
2: None of these numbers ever impress you unless we well, adjust them for inflation. Because
4: they're meaningless. What did the earthquake of 1906 cost in today's dollars? Has anybody taken a second to figure that out? No. They just say it only cost $100,000. That's amazing.
5: So that wasn't much
4: damage because I'm really, really stupid.
2: <laughs> President Trump has pledged quick federal action, but Congress has to appropriate the dollars. And the lawmakers are also facing some tough decisions on extending overall government funding. Raising the federal debt ceiling and tax reform. Now, that was something President Trump was promoting yesterday in Missouri. And we'll
5: argue bitterly around the margins of the question and never address the gigantic elephantine bloat and redundancy of the federal government and come to the realization that there's more than enough money for all of this stuff if we could just rein it in. But that discussion is of interest to no one, so I'll be quiet now.
2: Trump saying the federal tax system imposes a crushing burden on businesses and families and went on to urge Congress to pass a tax reform bill that is pro-growth and pro-jobs. Warning, they are taking us, frankly, to the cleaners. So we must, we have no choice, we must lower our taxes. And your senator... Claire McCaskill she must do this for you and if she doesn't do it for you you have to vote her out of office And, and the crowd roars He
4: won that state by 20 points mm-hmm. so there's a chance his uh, his his word means something Did and you I, see the Fox News poll that just came out? I did not. This is a
5: Fox News poll. Why do you say it like it, that? Well, Like with some sort of conspiratorial tone. Wow, you're reading too much into this. No, I just... If anybody would think, oh, well, that's the liberal MSNBC or something like that, it it ain't. Right. Uh, Donald Trump is drawing the country together, 33%. Tearing the country apart, 56%. It's a 23-point win for
4: tearing the country apart. I wonder what it was under Barack Obama.
5: Ah! You want to adjust it for... Expectations. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I see. Yeah, interesting question. We'll have to look into that. Look into that, somebody. (laughs) (laughs) By we, I mean somebody else.
2: (laughs) Jack mentioned this earlier. Show of force by the U.S. and South Korea's fighter jets were flying over the Korean Peninsula in response to that uh, North Korean missile test. South Korean officials say the joint flyover included stealth fighters, bombers, and South Korean jet fighters. They carried out a mock bombing drill and simulated a surgical strike of key enemy facilities actually making bombing runs
4: yeah they're using you're using real bombs and real bullets mm-hmm. like a real show of this is what it's going to look like live fire drill yep. Yeah. so i don't know some people call that ratcheting up the tensions going to bring on a war some people think that's a good show of force to avoid a war i don't know i don't i actually don't know
2: all right gentlemen facial hair it turns out blocks up to 95% of harmful uv rays yes Good reason to grow a beard. It could potentially... Nobody wants a sunburn on their chin. Oh, no. It could potentially help you avoid skin cancer. (laughs) For your lip, chin, and jaw. Australian researchers placed mannequins with and without facial hair... In the sun to measure their exposure to UV rays. It had to be real human horror, though, right? Yes, it was okay. real human horror. Lead uh, study author saying of the findings, well, beards will never be as safe as sunscreen. They are certainly a factor in blocking the dangerous
5: rays. This is interesting to me because as an avid golfer who is yeah. sometimes bearded, sometimes not, I can't really get sunscreen where my beard was, and I noticed I never get sun- sunburn
2: there. So this rings true. This is some solid science, Marshall. All right. He says facial hair uh, has a U uh, uh, ultraviolet uh, protection factor uh, of anywhere from 2 to 21. A hair was least effective at blocking out the harmful rays in the afternoon when the sun was high in the sky. And of course, right. this was done in Australia where Damn you know there's sun. What are you, in the pocket of big beard? <laughs> <laughs> Move hey, on. beautiful hair. Indeed, and that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Big time ESPN college football broadcaster. If you watch college football games,
4: you know his name has quit because he says he just can't call the games knowing these people are killing themselves out there. Left in the middle of his prosperous career. His conscience won't let him do it anymore. Oh, the football players are killing themselves. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. He said he can't call the game when he's watching wow. these players bashing their heads into each other anymore. Kind of interesting. Dennis Rodman praises North Korea for becoming a 24th century country. Wow. And what do most horrible resumes have in common? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. A little more of the sex survey for you. Um number of other things, yes.
5: Speaking of surveys, a quick follow-up on our discussion of Donald Trump tearing the country apart or bringing it together. recent Fox poll out with shocking, shocking numbers. I researched the question. Um, <clears throat> at the end of uh, Obama's second term, President Obama, 27% saw the U.S. as more united, 44% more divided. The wording of that question doesn't assign blame in quite the same way um, as the Trump poll. Uh, and also another poll at the end of Obama's term, 77% of Americans
4: perceive the nation
5: as divided.
4: Uh, how, how would you not describe the country as divided right now? Mm-hmm. How would you not? Actually, the Obama what standard stuff, are you using?
5: The Obama stuff is really, really interesting and odd.
4: I would say I would have said the same thing two years ago or a year ago. Yeah, a year ago, Barack Obama was president. How would you, a year ago, not describe the country as divided? Oh, everybody did. 77%. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't understand the other 23%. Right. Well, it was 21%. 2%. No opinion.
5: Okay. Is it divided? I don't know. You feel together? Not so much. So which one is it? I don't know. 2%.
4: I don't know if you know Ed Cunningham's act. If you watch college football, you do. I recognize him. I didn't recognize his name, but I absolutely recognize him. He's one of your big-time ESPN ABC college football announcers. Hmm. He does all the big games. Not all the big games, but lots of the big games because there's so many big games. Um, but he's big-time, like in the middle of a very lucrative career as a college football announcer, and he resigned. And he said he, he's disturbed by brain, brain trauma on the field, and while he's announcing games, he just can't deal with He's just constantly thinking about what these people are doing to each wow. other. Wow! Plus, he's constantly
5: seeing players get wobbly and barely make it off the field, etc. Thought
4: that After was close to the noggin. Yeah, that's that is interesting. Getting back to sex. That's a that's a compassionate man. Yeah, getting back to sex because I want to do the sex survey. Uh, did you hear about this? It's it's an awful story, but it's got a it's got the old switcheroo in the middle of it. So there's this juvenile detention center where they, the, the, the 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 people who worked there were using some of the inmates as sex slaves. Kids. Oh, good Lord. Um, there better be a switcheroo. That's horrifying. The switcheroo is that it was a juvie hall for boys, and there was a chick running the place, and she was... Like, if you didn't want to be in... Like, you did something bad, and you got sent to the hole. Confined, yeah. Solitary confinement. Yeah. As an 18-year-old or whatever. Um... She would uh, have you come to the office and say, okay, you have sex with me, you get out. Wow. Wow. And she did that with a multiple, many times, a lot of people that worked there apparently knew what was going on and turned a blind eye, and she did that with a number of inmates. And I got to believe that guy, I got to believe the guy, this particular guy is, was 18 or is 18? Was 18 when it was happening? I think it was 18 when it was happening. I got to believe he was thinking, I can't believe that in prison... I get to have sex on a regular basis with this woman. Right. Not. And 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 then I get rewarded for yeah, it. Yeah, and then I get treated better. Yeah. Like, I get watch more television and stuff like that. It's still sick. It, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're
5: compelling people to have an, sex an or punishing them. an extrajudicial punishment, exactly, or or rewards or something or other. By the way, uh, any of you who are even now working on alleged witticisms involving the phrase sent to the hole... Is that oh, really geez. the best
4: use of your time? Come on. Is it really? I thought that was an interesting story, though, because when yeah. I read it, I just assumed. I thought, how twisted is that? Right. Some scumbag dude. Yeah. No? Huh? Yeah. It's, it's a weird woman. Oh. Um, Back to the sex survey I had earlier. This is consensual sex. Oh, like, uh, among I got, adults. I got so much. This is kind of sex that results in having kids. A uh, study about uh, uh, how um, uh, dads are getting older, moms are getting older. That's a surprise to no one. Mm-hmm. But what I took out of this um, that I thought was interesting in this survey over the years, average age of a dad in 1972 was 27.4. In uh, 2015, it was 30.9. I, I would have thought it had gone up more than that. Like a first-time dad? or uh, well, It doesn't matter. Let's doesn't not I get know. hung up. But I still would have thought it had gone up more than that. Three years is all it went up from seventy two to twenty fifteen? I thought it was a lot more now. But anyway, during their study, the oldest father they came across out of one hundred and sixty nine million births in the United States throughout this study, an eighty eight year old was the oldest dad. The <sighs> young the youngest was eleven. Oh boy. Oh boy. Not if I wanted to with all my heart. <laughs> so you're no, me neither. Right. Well, I would have been really confused on a number of levels. <laughs> a little early ripening fruit. I'm supposed to do what with what? I can't. I, I, Why would anybody
5: do that? I, ah! don't, I
4: don't know what that is. Right. It's horrifying looking. <laughs> and I don't even know what you're talking about. But uh, yeah, and then you know, so you got a two year old as a thirteen year old, and they're just they're they're a handful. <laughs> And you're 13. On the other hand, you can relate to each other.
5: (laughs) Hey, you love the Pokemon? Hell yeah, me too.
4: (laughs) And then this part of the sex study. So we talked earlier about um, how often people have sex, single versus married, how many different ways you do it um, per encounter. Oh, yeah. um, Married versus single. And then this. Sex is a crucial part of ensuring the survival of the human species. Yeah, I would say so. Thank you for that sentence. Uh, But how vital is it in a relationship? 65% of Americans believe that it's important to prioritize sex even if both people are tired or busy. I just think it's funny that they
5: had to point out, this is how we reproduce. On the other hand...
4: (laughs) Why? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry, where were you? Uh, Two-thirds of Americans believe it's important to prioritize sex in a relationship even if both people are tired or busy. Those in a relationship longer than 10 years... Are more li- are even more likely to believe this eighty three percent.
5: Well, if you so wait till it's you- convenient and everybody's just yeah, let's d-. come on now. No, part of a healthy relationship, which means you got to make it a priority.
4: But it goes up twenty 20- night after night. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> it goes up twenty percent for people that have been in a relationship over ten years. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Well, they're not in the uh, constant horn dog stage of the
5: relationship, perhaps, where the the need doesn't seem to be uh, you know as as serious because. There are other, uh, you know, it's easy. It's like falling off a log in the first, you know, few years of relationship.
4: Yeah, well, I don't know. Kind of argues for it going the other way, doesn't it? So you got 83% of people have been in a relationship a long time say so it's important to prioritize it, yeah. even if you're tired or busy. Right. That's um, what
5: I'm saying. Because you don't have to, quote, unquote, prioritize it. In the early part of your relationship, oh, I see what you mean. That's what that's what I'm thinking.
4: Okay, no, well, yeah. What are you prioritizing it over? Right, exactly. It, it's at the top of the list for the, especially for the guy, probably for our entire weekend. That's my number one priority. I right. got nothing else to do. I'm going to watch some TV. I'm going to take a nap. I might do a load of laundry. Number one on my priority list right. is off having sex. Whereas I'm going into this weekend, it wouldn't make the top twenty of things that I got to do. Actually, of things that I have to do, it doesn't make the list at all. Um. So yeah, I get you what you're saying. Enough. Well, you got to
5: prioritize it. <laughs> uh,
4: nearly one in five Americans in a relationship lasting over twenty years say that a good sex life is not important to a healthy relationship. But that's About only one in five. That's only one in five. Wow, a very small minority. Yeah. So there you go. That's it. That's all your sex news for the day. Let's get it on. Ask that 11-year-old father how often he uh, tries to prioritize. Oh, I tell you what, it's hard to find time. Well, first of all, I'm learning algebra. (laughs) Got a little league game this afternoon, and my two-year-old's talking back to me.
3: You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com.